Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth, do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. In the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, before I even begin to preach, I think it's providential that today's scripture is about a woman, a disciple of Jesus, and I'm not sure if you all are aware, but this place, this church, was basically started by the love, by the prayers, and by the insistence of women. So I hope that maybe sets the tone for what I would like to share with you this morning. Well, as your priest, I would encourage each of you to find a spiritual hero in scripture. Someone you can carry with you through your life. Perhaps wonder what they would do if in your current situation. Or maybe call upon in those times of struggle in the life of faith. Someone to look up to and admire. Or perhaps just enjoy the heck out of reading when you open up the Bible. So as one who has high regard for the spiritual mothers in my own life, I must say my heart was super excited when reading the gospel for today, especially where we are in the life of our church. I will say this text is special to me as it was the text that was preached when I was ordained a Baptist minister let alone a very different time in my life, way before I found myself to the Episcopal Church, light years before I was ordained an Episcopal priest, or so it seems. This particular woman in scripture I have carried with me in my heart and in my ministry for the last 18 years, as an ordained clergywoman, both in the Baptist church as well as an Episcopal priest. She is a hero of mine. When I didn't have an example of a woman in ministry to look up to, she was that for me. She is a hero of our faith. She is a hero of mine. She is someone we should all aspire to be more like, male or female. I hope she captivates you, and perhaps you hear her story differently today. Maybe it's the first time you've heard her story. And if so, I hope that something resonates inside of you. It stirs deeply within you, so that you too might carry a little bit of Mary with you. I say this not only for what Mary did, but also for what she does in the story of Jesus and where we are at and where Jesus is headed. So I would ask, let's begin this walk together. I invite you to put yourself right in the middle of the story. 
take in the sight of a woman doing something unheard of. Imagine the courage it must have taken. Imagine the smell that must have filled the room. And most of all, learn from this woman who unabashedly shows her devotion to Jesus. So this story is set right before Jesus enters Jerusalem for his triumphal entry. And he goes through this small town called Bethany. He's just been in Bethany. I don't know if you all remember the story of when he raised a man named Lazarus from the dead. Now he's back to visit Lazarus, the man he raised from the dead, his sister Mary, his sister Martha. And there, a lovely dinner has been prepared. In fact, it's more of like a banquet. It was a glorious meal, and the conversation was wonderful. In the midst of the party, so quietly, Jesus almost didn't notice her at first. Mary slipped in. She gracefully knelt at Jesus' feet, and with a pound of very costly perfume, poured it all over his feet, not holding back one drop. Then weeping silently, she began to wipe his dusty feet with her long brown hair. Jesus was so deeply touched that he nearly cried himself. No one had ever done this for him. He was so moved, and he relished being cared for in this intimate, beautiful way. But the scent had barely had time to fill the air when Judas, he jumped up, snatched the nearly empty treasury purse from his belt and shook it at Jesus. Judas was furious at this woman who knelt at Jesus' feet. Why wasn't that perfume sold and the money given to the poor Jesus? Well, this was not the first or the last time that Judas disingenuously represented concern for the poor in order to attain his own agenda. Jesus, he just simply closed his eyes. He took a deep breath and he savored the fragrant aroma that filled the room. Somehow it reminded him of another place. It was a scent reminiscent of both life and death. He knew this smell. So he responds to Jesus, leave her alone. Judas, leave her alone. She has prepared me for my burial. How did she know? Anointing one's guests was common, but their head was anointed, certainly not their feet. It was a grimy and distasteful job to wash the feet of guests who would walk through the dirt in the open road of the city streets and the countryside. But Mary, she didn't give it a second thought. Not only did she wash his feet, she anointed 
his feet. As one would anoint feet that would walk no more. And she did it with the best smelling perfume money could buy. Gently, lovingly, she wiped the oil away with her hair. She knew that the fragrance, the scent of her gift, would stay with him for days. And that scent would carry him as he journeyed his last days hopefully reminding him of why he had come and where this road would lead. It is Mary who seems to feel the weight of these momentous days. Perhaps this is the reason why she acts in such an audacious way. Because what Mary chooses to do ignores all the rules of the this, of this society at the time. All of the rules are gone. She is unabashedly committed to this man, Jesus, and she shows it. She is a devoted disciple. And in her boldness does something so outlandish, so astonishing, that all four gospel writers saw fit to write it down and remember. Her story would be remembered in the life of Jesus. So once again, Mary approaches Jesus, and she pours this costly perfume on his feet and proceeds to wipe it off with her hair. This may not cause your sensibilities to rise up, but it should. This is unheard of what she does. You see both aspects of her action. The extravagance and the way this extravagance was shown were outstanding. And collectively, it was jaw-dropping. Why? First, nard is a rare and precious spice, and the amount poured on Jesus' feet was worth one year's worth of work. Knowing this, perhaps it's a bit easier to see why the disciples, and in particular Judas, responded with such dismay at her waist. But here's the kicker. The act of wiping Jesus' feet with her hair was something you didn't do. At that time, Jewish women did not let their hair down in public, let alone in front of a man. But for Mary, this was such an act of devotion and love, so extreme, most people would see it as being inappropriate and perhaps even erotic. Mary is acting with abandon. She is acting in devotion to Jesus. And in John's gospel in particular, he focuses on Mary anointing Jesus' feet, which I think shows Mary's humility. Mary's gift of the ointment and oil was extremely costly, and some have even said perhaps it was her dowry. 
Since Mary's gift was such an economic significance, by doing this, Mary could have depleted her potential of gaining a husband. What she did was unheard of. It is more than just a nice gesture honoring the Lord. No, it's not that. But it is a tremendous demonstration of commitment to him. And what does Jesus do? He knows this. And so he graciously accepts this act of dedication that most would see as being strange and utterly wasteful. And what's more, the humility of her act should prepare us all to be all the more scandalized when Jesus himself does the same thing. Jesus himself humbles himself and washes the disciples' feet in the next chapter of John. Mary is the one who set the example. She's the one. And with this act, Jesus is now prepared for burial as he approaches Jerusalem. He's been anointed. He is ready and he knows And we will see next week on Palm Sunday when he makes his triumphal entry into the city walls that his death march has begun. But first, he is prepared by his beloved disciple Mary. As he approaches his death, he carries Mary with him. When all of Jerusalem was at his feet as he entered the city in a triumphal parade of palms, Mary's fragrance is surrounding him, reminding him every step of the way why he has come and where this road is going to go. And what I would ask of you, dear Grace, is as we approach Holy Week, I hope you are lucky enough to find some fragrance that fills your nostrils, that gives you strength to walk the road with him. And when you choose to walk that road, may you walk it with boldness and be unabashed in your love and devotion like our disciple Mary this morning. Be like Mary. Love like Mary. Carry her with you. Make her a spiritual mother. Because she too was a beloved disciple of Jesus. And as our four gospel writers did not want us to forget her story, let us never forget. Carry her with you. And let her be a spiritual mother of yours, as she is mine. In the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.